Well, we are in, uh, still in the series, making sure we're still in the series, otherwise Jeremy's going to make me preach something else, um, by changing the graphic, right? Uh, on the DNA of faith, the DNA of faith. And uh, I have uh, really been enjoying the series, and I hope you have. I know I've talked to some of you, and you've uh, really been enjoying it. And uh, of course, my mother's been enjoying it. And, um, but she's my mother, so how does that count, right? You don't, you don't actually know. And so, um, but we're in the DNA of faith. Well, what is the DNA of faith? Uh, as I was uh, beginning this year on, not even really for the church, but on my own, the Lord just said, I want you to take another look at faith. And, uh, you know, it's been one of the great pleasures, I guess, of my life is to take another look at faith because really you can't even be born again without faith. Because it's by grace that you have been saved uh, through faith. And so the way that you access the grace of God, even for salvation, let alone anything else, is by faith. And even how you live, we walk by faith and not by sight. And uh, I really like how uh, the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to really contrast our natural life and our spiritual life as which source or which root or which fountain so to speak, we're going to live our life from. In other words, what's our source going to be in life? Is our source going to be natural things or our source going to be supernatural things? And uh, until you're born again, you have no choice except for natural things. But once you're born again, you actually have the opportunity to grab hold of the things of God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says, As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. Isn't that, that's a, that's a most interesting scripture, that as you have received Christ, so walk in him. Now, Colossians is written to the believers at Colossae. So this is written to believers. And to believers, the Holy Spirit, through the apostle Paul, is saying, as you have received Christ, right? So if you're a believer, you have received Christ, so walk in him. Well, what, what does that mean? You know, I, I've said before that, it's kind of, um, kind of an enigma or a puzzle, you could say sometimes. If you start to read the word and you feed on the word, you start to realize, man, the believer has been recreated, not on their own, but in Christ Jesus, made a brand new creature. You become one with God, and uh, you're new on the inside. And then, uh, you know, John tells us in his epistle, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So you actually have the greater one, and I have the greater one living on the inside of me. That's, he's greater than any problem, greater than any test or trial, uh, greater than any bondage that the devil would try to make to hold us back and hold us down. And yet, we have the source of all power. We actually have resurrection power on the inside of us. Uh, then I want to ask you a question that I don't want you to verbally respond to, but then why do you live the way you live? And why do you experience what you experience? I believe the answer is right there in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As you have received Christ, so walk in him. What does that mean? Well, it means it's not automatic. Like Dad Hagen used to tell us, uh, the things of God don't drop on you like ripe cherries off a tree. How, how do you receive the blessing of God? Well, it's the same way you receive salvation, which is, of course, the most enormous and big blessing. It is how? by faith. So if you look in Hebrews chapter 11, you'll find, I don't know if you can see my Bible, but I'm going to 
I don't have a camera to zoom in, do I, Jeremy? So uh, all these orange right here is by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. All of the great uh, men and women of God that we read in the wonderful faith chapter uh, accomplished what they accomplished by faith. In other words, they didn't do it on their own because faith by definition is trusting in God, believing in God, holding on to God. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now listen, apparently I don't want to have anybody too stuffy up in here this morning. You see, I heard this the other day and I really liked it. What does it mean when a preacher puts his wa- takes his watch off and puts it on the pulpit? Absolutely nothing. Anyhow, (laughs) Uh, praise the Lord. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to read it in a couple of translations, but faith, uh, Berkeley translation, but faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for, a conviction of unseen realities. I said at the beginning of this series, I asked uh, some kids, including my daughter, uh, what is faith? And my daughter said, she said, well, faith is believing in the unseen. And I thought, well, that's a, that's a pretty good little definition from a, a 10-year-old girl. Faith is believing in the unseen. Faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for. So we have different hopes. Some people are without hope, and that's a whole different condition. Uh, but most people have at least a little hope of something. Well, uh, you'll hear people talk on faith different times, and it'll be like, well, you've got to get rid of your hope and latch hold of faith. Well, that's not actually Bible. The Bible says uh, faith is the substance of what we hope for. What is a substance? Well, it's almost uh, tangible, touchable, perceivable. And so faith is the substance of what we hope for. So we went and we looked at um, what faith is and the definition of faith literally from the Greek. And it actually contains several elements, the DNA you could say. So one of the things that faith is, is it is hope or confident expectation. This is one element or one aspect of faith. In other words, you have to have a hope and a confident expectation in order to have faith. Uh, Faith is trust. And it's trust really in the miracle working power of God. In other words, that you can go beyond the natural. A miracle is Uh, you could define as a divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. So things would normally on their own go this way, and when God gets involved, something changes. And that's called a miracle. Uh, God gets involved. So faith is hope, uh, faith is trust, and faith is belief. A lot of times people will say it's simply what you believe, uh, which it is. And... um, but when you peel back what belief is, which we'll do in just a second, uh, it's, it's very revealing. Faith is also to obey. Now, that doesn't mean like to obey the Ten Commandments, although you will, because uh, when you're born again, you've got the love of God in you, and the love of God wouldn't break any of those Ten Commandments. But faith is actually to obey God as the way to salvation through Jesus Christ. It's obedience to the faith, uh, the Bible calls it. And then faith is fearing God. In other words, being in awe of God and reverencing him. And then faith is faithfulness. Remember Jesus even said in Mark 11, uh, 22, have faith in God. One translation says, lay hold on God's faithfulness. Lay hold on God's faithfulness. Um, 
Some people want to have faith in faith. In other words, they want to put trust, hope, uh, belief, reverence in their own faith. But Jesus didn't tell us to do that. Jesus said have faith in God or have the faith of God or lay hold on God's faithfulness. In other words, how is this going to come to pass? How can I believe in in face of these circumstances that are completely contrary to what the Bible says? Well, don't try to do it on your own. Lay hold of God's faithfulness. In other words, God is steady. God is constant. He won't fail you. It's his faithfulness that we're laying hold of, not our faithfulness. We have faith uh, in him. uh, And we actually lay hold, grab hold, use his faith. And then faith is present tense. In other words, uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, I love the word of God because the word of God kind of lays it all out for us and makes it pretty clear and plain. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, if you are in faith, if you're acting in faith, faith is always now. So faith does not put it off to the future. Faith says, I receive now. I believe now. And then, I'm going to come back and uh, tell a story on that in just a second. And then faith, in the belief part of faith, is an act of our will. And as an act of our will, understand your will is like one of the most uh, powerful things that you have as part of your being. In other words, you can like, you know, like I like the story of a little kid who got in trouble. And uh, parents said, uh, go stand in the corner. And he said, I'm standing up on the outside, but I'm sitting down on the inside. What was he doing? Well, as an act of his will, he is resisting that punishment. He may be being obedient, but he's certainly not willing. Well, if I have to, I'm going to, you know. And, uh, you know, you find as a parent, it's more important to discipline the attitude than it really is the action. Because if you get the attitude right, then the actions will follow. And it's the same thing in our walk with the Lord. If, if you have your attitude right, your actions, it's, it's real easy. So um, you don't really need a list of all these things that you're not supposed to do. You just have to walk in the love of God and yield to the love of God, and everything else will just follow right on through. It, it actually, it's an easy life. Uh, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And it's a life of freedom. It's not a life of bondage. Uh, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is liberty. In other words, some people, maybe they haven't received Christ yet in their life, and they're like, I would never want to do that. Like all these rules, all these regulations. No, there's like one, and it's called love. And if you do that, your life will flourish. And you will have what Jesus called an abundant life and a full life. And uh, life to the full that... uh, uh, you know, you smile so much you have to rub your muscles because you're smiling because you have a full life. What is that? Does, a full, does that mean that you have uh, all the money that you want? No. Does that mean that your relationships are functioning the way that you want all the time? No. It's called the abundant life. It's actually life that goes beyond the natural realm, right? And so you see, Paul said, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. In all states, I've learned how to be content. And so faith is not saying, okay, now everything's going to go perfect. Everything's going to be no problems anymore because I'm acting in faith. I'm trusting God. No, actually, you have just gone beyond your problems. And now you become more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. 
And then you actually have the ability to watch increase happen in your finances, to watch sickness leave your body, to see the world around you change. Are you tracking with me? Are we tracking on the same path? So faith, though, is turning from yourself as an act of your will. In other words, you decide. I have decided to follow Jesus. As I've said throughout this series, uh, really and before the series, uh, one of the ways you can find out is what I'm understanding from the Lord is take it right back to your initial salvation experience. Boom. Does it match up with that? Well, we're talking about walking by faith. It better line up with that. And so we say we turn away from ourselves. I, I, I like to use this illustration. If you imagine a 180 degree arc. And so I'm walking this way and I'm doing what I want and I'm overcome with maybe anxiety or pressure or worries. And, uh, but I want to trust God. The only way for me to trust God is to, as an act of my will, I release my self-will. And I say, you know what? I'm not going to do it myself in my way. And I grab hold of the Lord's will, which is his word and what he says. We see this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, uh, casting all of your care upon him for he cares for you. And then the peace of God, which goes beyond your mind, I like to say blows your mind, transcends all understanding, one translation says, will flood your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Another translation said, actually, the peace of God will come in like a garrison of soldiers into a turbulent country. If you've never been in, in the military or pinned down, uh, maybe you don't know what that feels like, but just imagine all the weapons are trained on you, and you're losing, and you're failing, and you, you almost despair for life, and all of a sudden, you got these helicopters coming over, you got these troops coming in, and they are surrounding the enemy, and you're like, oh, I can be at rest now. The peace of God comes in like that, but it doesn't come in like that automatically. As you have received Christ, so walk in him. How do you walk in him? Well, casting all of your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So you say like, well, Lord, don't you care that I'm going through this? Doesn't it matter that I'm going through this? Oh, he cares. But he says, casting all of our cares upon him, for he cares for you. He actually, I think Amplified says, uh, about you watchfully. In other words, he's watching out and caring for you, but he cannot do anything about the thing that you're caring about unless you give it to him. It's amazing how much authority, how much power we have, and as an act of our will, we have to say, no, I'm going to release that, and I'm going to release the way of the world. I'm releasing that, and I'm grabbing hold of this. So that's one of the, one of the I think, most significant parts of faith is turning loose of yourself and your self-will and the ways that the world would try to tell you to do it and grabbing hold of the ways that God tells you to do it. See, what, what happens when you, as an act of your faith, an act of your will, you release your self-will and you grab hold of Jesus Christ, you become one with him and he comes to live inside of you and his life starts to permeate you, then you find that you're in another world. Remember Jesus said, like, the kingdom of God has come near you. Remember the disciples, I kind of like the disciples because they're, they're kind of funny. They're like all of us, really. And you see, like, they're like, you know, talking amongst themselves. Who's going to be greatest? And, you know, I want to be greater. And I want to sit as I want this position. I want that position. And uh, Jesus interrupts and says, you know, hey, like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, well, we're talking about who's going to rule this, who's going to rule that. And he's like, you don't even understand. My kingdom is not of this world. Right? So they're trying to get position and say like, Lord, are you at this time going to establish the kingdom in Israel? 
In other words, are you going to like uh, knock off the president and the prime minister and like go be in charge and then we're going to be like your right hand men and stuff like that? He's like, no, no, no. You guys are thinking like natural. I'm talking my kingdom is not of this world. It's out of this world. Uh, Cho calls it, I think, the fourth dimension. In other words, if you think on a dimensional basis, three dimensions, well, this is like the fourth dimension. And so you're talking in the spirit world. John chapter 4, Jesus said, uh, they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. Uh, Why am I talking about that? Well, faith is actually in the realm of God. When you act in faith, you actually connect with the kingdom of God. So you're actually going beyond the limitations of the sense realm or the natural realm, what you see, feel, hear, touch, taste. You can go beyond that when you act in faith. You actually go to where God is. And so uh, many times uh, people get confused like, well, if you say faith calls those things which be not as though they were, how could I do that? Wouldn't I be lying? Remember we read uh, A.B. Simpson's Testimony of Healing, one of my favorite uh, testimonies of healing. And he um, was a preacher, and he would preach on Sunday, and they'd take him till Wednesday to physically recover from preaching on Sunday. And then he'd start on Wednesday. He had enough strength to start studying and preparing for his next weekend's message. So his whole life is like exhaustion and trying to do what he can to minister the Word of God. And uh, finally, he said, you know, I got to take a break. And he went up into one of the New England states uh, where he had, I think, a little cabin and um, went up there for two weeks. And he said, you know, I'm just going to take the Bible and I'm going to look up every single scripture that there is about healing. And I'm going to settle this issue once and for all. Well, after that two weeks, he had uh, seen in the scriptures, he said, I have come to see that healing is is as much part of redemption as salvation of the soul. And so he, he did these three bullet points that he wrote down, and he said, I commit this day that I take Jesus Christ as my healer, and I will always look to him for healing, and I, I receive my healing this day, and he, he said a few other things. And then what he said at the end of that was, he said, I don't know whether my body felt better or not. I know I did not care, because I had given it to him, and he had it in hand, and it was done. And it felt so good to believe that the natural part didn't matter. And so um, before really anything he saw in his body changed, he believed. Well, how can he say that? How could he believe he's healed when his body still had the same symptoms in his body? Because he believed in the realm of God. Uh, Remember in Hebrews, actually, we learn that the things which are seen were created from what is not seen. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be land, let it divide, you know, let the waters divide from the land and the atmospheres. And he created, you know, that the, the firmament and all of the atmospheres and he created all of the animals and he did all of that when you could not see any of it from the unseen realm. He did it by faith. That's why Jesus said, have the faith of God. So remember he said, Mark eleven twenty two, 22, have the faith of God. You have... Um, the disciples, and the day before, they're passing by this fig tree. And Jesus saw the fig tree and went to get some fruit from it, and there was no fruit there. And so he said, uh, no man eat fruit of you here ever after. And the next day, they're walking by, and the disciples said, hey, Jesus, look at that tree. 
that thing is dried up from the roots. The very source of its life is dried up. And Jesus didn't bat an eye. He didn't hesitate. He said, have faith in God or lay hold on God's faithfulness or have the faith of God. And then he said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, um, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any that your father, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. And so Jesus is saying, um, oh, you think that's amazing. Have faith in God. In other words, how'd that happen? Have faith in God. Lay hold on God's faithfulness. That doesn't happen like through natural means. That happens through laying hold on God's faithfulness. And if God is a spirit, we worship him in spirit, then we have to grab hold in the supernatural realm, or you could call it like the fourth dimension. So we talked about those elements of faith, and then we talked about how faith comes. In other words, if you understand um, what faith is, that's good, but now how do you get faith? Well, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, or literally, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God. What's rhema? Well, that's when the word of God becomes so real to you, it's like God speaking to you. And so you see it, uh, you know, this happened to me after I got filled with the Spirit because I Bible quiz, so I had memorized scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture, and then I got filled with the Spirit, and I started, you know, got more light, and I started looking, and I'm like, man, I have never read this before. I've never seen this before. Because why? Well, it, it was a rhema to me. Uh, the Holy Spirit made it real to me. Jesus said, when he has come, um, he'll take the things of mine and show them to you. One translation says he's the spirit of reality or the spirit that takes the things of Christ and makes them real. And so if we didn't have the Holy Spirit, we just have like a history book, right? It's got a lot of words and you might even intellectually look and say, well, like, well that's amazing. Like uh, this guy like came and he lived and he died and sins and sickness and um, poverty and the curse was all put on him and then he rose again. Uh, but you might just grab hold of it mentally. Well, you're not born again. Your life doesn't change when you accept mentally that Jesus was the son of God. Because Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, um, with the heart man believeth, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you confess with your mouth, what? Jesus is Lord or Jesus is master. And believe in your head? No. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. And so you can believe in your head all day long and you will not be born again. It will not change your life. You'll not be made a new creature. You have to believe. We have to believe from our hearts. So Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or the rhema of God. Faith is built on the word of God and faith is based on the word of God. Faith comes from hearing the message. You know, when I looked up, uh, I told you I had this 10 volume dictionary, which is one of my favorite and um, talking about faith in the Old Testament, Old Covenant versus faith in the New Testament, New Covenant, the biggest difference was we believe in faith in the message. We have faith in the message. What's the message? The message is the message of the gospel, the message of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. 
And as soon as we have faith in that message, and we act on that faith, we turn it loose, we release it, then we're born again. So when we study the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, the word builds into us confidence and assurance. So we become confident, we become assured. Um, You can kind of like school yourself into faith, you could say, because you can have a situation where you're like, um, you know, this actually, this happened to me uh, just this last week. And so I had a situation in my body. um, I was actually healed of uh, an incurable disease years and years ago. And this disease, all of a sudden, like first time since, I don't know, probably 2002 or something, this thing tried to come back on me. I remember uh, Brother Hagin always told us, he said, you know, more people lose their healing to a counterattack than any other one thing. What does that mean? Well, that means like many people actually uh, that know about healing, they have faith for it because they heard about it in the Word, then they'll act on it and their symptoms a lot of times will instantly disappear or they'll begin to get better. And then all of a sudden another symptom will come back on them an hour later, a day later, a month later, and they just accept it, right? And they say, well, what do they say? Well, in their head, and a lot of times with their mouth, I, I thought I was healed, but I guess I'm not. And so uh, then faith is working for you because Jesus said, uh, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says, Jesus didn't say, whoever says to this mountain will have whatever God says. He didn't say you'll have whatever God's word says. He says he'll have whatever he says, right? Saying to you, uh, be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his head? No, his heart. So you can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. Uh, But shall believe that those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. And my favorite is typically you get people that, uh, and um, except for the word of God transforming me, I could have been one of those people that will say like, uh, that verse does not work. You know, I worked that verse, but it does not work. And you say like, really? It doesn't work? What do you mean it doesn't work? Well, you know, I just don't believe that that thing works. And, you know, so I don't even have what I say and those type of things. Well, interesting thing is like you're saying that you don't believe that it works and you actually have what you say. So therefore, it doesn't work for you because you don't believe that it works and you actually say that it doesn't work. And so you, I believe what you say. And so um, it's really important what we're saying and that we're saying what we believe. Because you understand you could actually say something but not believe it and it won't work. I'll say that again. You could say something and not believe it and it won't work. So you could say, you know, according to 1 Peter 2.24, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, but if you don't believe that, that does not work for you. Faith comes, it's by believing and speaking. It's how we release our faith, which is where we're going today, how to release it or how to use our faith. But first, I'm going to read a couple other things. So what does faith do? And this is, this is funny because when I've, I've listened to people that um, I respect, and um, even my own preaching. And you notice when people define faith, many times we define what faith does. 
not necessarily what faith is. That's why uh, I started to define like what the DNA of faith is. Because um, we'll say, well, faith is acting on the word of God. Well, that's true. And the reason we define it that way is because faith, as part of its definition, is doing something. It's an action. Otherwise, it's not faith. Faith without works is dead. Or you could say it's faith, but it's dead faith, right? So faith without works is dead. Um, But many times, you'll notice if you hear someone teach on what faith is, they teach on what faith does, not necessarily what faith is made of, right? Because I want to know, like, what is my belief made of so I can believe? And... um, So faith acts on the word of God, acts on the rhema of God. In other words, acts on what God says to you. Um, And um, I I could be careful. I could have like three stories going here. So I was, uh, this week on Tuesday, um, I was, uh, that's actually the day I normally start preparing for the message for the weekend. And so this thing came back on me. And I was like, this is not a good time. Like, I'm, I'm trying to spend time with my family, and I got to prepare the message, and I got to do this and that. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is when you minister, a lot of times you have to live out exactly what you're preaching and then it can give you more boldness to preach. And so I'm there, and you know, and uh, these symptoms are coming back, and I'm like, this is not right. Like, I'm like, am I stressed or what's going on? A lot of times I'll get attacked if I get stressed or worried, and so I'm like, am I stressed? I'm like, Lord, I'm just giving you all these cares. <laughs> Do I have, like, cares that I don't know about? Like, because, you know, it's hard to... Um, accurately evaluate yourself. You can't actually do it without the Spirit of God helping you. And so I'm like, you know, Lord, look at me and see what's, see what's going on. And um, all of a sudden, uh, I just was, I thought, you know, it started the, actually the night before and I was just so tired, I just went to bed. And then the next morning I thought, this is not right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't allow this. And um, pain was getting much worse and I was having difficulty walking and different things. And so I, um, I started to pray and I said, now, Lord, you know, uh, I'm not sure what the problem is. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I just know this thing is trying to come back on me. And so um, I need you to help me. And I said, I know I need to act in faith. And in order to act in faith, I need to have you speak to me. I said, so what verse do you want me to look at and get a hold of so that I can have a firm foundation? Remember uh, Hebrews 11.1 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what was not seen? What was not seen was uh, complete health in my body because what was seen in the sense realm, what was felt was like pain, uh, painful pain. And so uh, I needed a solid ground to stand on. To get a solid ground, you have to have faith. To get faith, you have to have the word. So I go to the Spirit of God. You have to have uh, really revelation of the word, which is a rhema of the word. Rhema is the Greek word there, not just the Bible school we went to. And so um, the Lord led me to Mark eleven twenty three, And so I started reading, you know, saying to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. And so I started meditating on that, and I thought, well, He'll have whatever he says. Um, And as I started meditating on it, uh, there wasn't like a lot of uh, revelation there or unction there. I mean, you have revelations you've had before, but faith is now, right? 
Hebrews 11.2 says, we have to pay extra attention to the things we've heard lest at any time we let them slip or leak out like water out of a leaky vessel. And so I know in order to stand in faith, I have to be now. Like it has to be light now. I have to be like, oh my goodness, look at that. How can you see that? And so you can school yourself into faith. So I started, I, I just had a, a knowing on the inside, it's, it's in this verse. And so I start looking at that verse and looking at the verse. Man, it wasn't like three minutes, maybe five minutes. All of a sudden I started to get a flash of light and a flash of light and a flash of light. Revelation. I'm like, whoa, you know, he'll have whatsoever he says. And so I just took that and I said, okay, I speak to this mountain of this disease, and I command it to leave my body, and I'm not letting it come back on me, and I'm not going to receive it. And I believe those things that I say shall come to pass, sealed and done. So then I said, now, Lord, I want to thank you that I spoke to this mountain of sickness and disease, and that actually what I said also was that Jesus, by his stripes I'm healed, and that he lifted it off of me. Uh, Matthew 8, 17, he lifted all sickness and disease off of me. So I thank you that I am healed now. Do you know within 15, probably maybe like, I want to say like between 7 and 12 minutes because I didn't look at my watch. All of a sudden, I started to feel different like my body, I could feel this pain that was in my body. It was like, how would you describe that? It would be like if you took honey and you were like uh, pouring it out, how it's like slowly dripping out and leaving, not like hard honey, like runny honey, runny honey, it rhymes, runny honey. Uh, it would just, and I could feel this pain just leaving, 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 till all of a sudden within about 15 minutes, I was like, whew, praise the Lord. The word works. But you have to speak the word of God even when you don't feel like it, even when it feels like it's not working. And so it didn't feel like it was working at the beginning. And then what did I do? I just began to thank God um, after I spoke the word that those things that I say shall come to pass. And I said, and what I'm saying is based on what Jesus said. So I'm really just repeating what he said. And now that I'm repeating what he said, I'm going to have what he says I have, which is full health and healing. And so I began to be strengthened and strengthened and strengthened till I was uh, completely restored. Praise the Lord. But you see, I didn't do it based on me. I did it based on him. Jesus said, have faith in God. And so I looked to God, and then I used his word, and I did exactly what he said. So Jesus said, lay hold on God's faithfulness. Lay hold on what God has done. Lay hold on the fact that God never fails. Right? If I'd have looked at, you know, what's happening in your head at that time. Well, my goodness, you've like testified like, you know, you had an incurable disease and it's, it's, it's gone and you don't have, uh, you don't have it, all this type of stuff. It's going to come back on you. Now you're just going to have it all the time and all the, you know, these thoughts, uh, come from the devil. And sometimes if you've meditated enough on it yourself, uh, you can, um, perpetuate your own thoughts or natural thoughts. In other words, a miracle goes beyond the natural. And so when you connect with God, you can go beyond the natural world and the natural realm. And so when that happens, you're no longer subject to the forces that are in the earth realm. They're subject to your faith, right? And so you have whatever you say actually on the positive and on the negative. So some people say, well, I just say what I see. Well, if you just say what you see, you just say what you feel, you just say what you think, um, if you're not thinking what the Word of God says, you better be real careful what you're saying. 
because that'll happen. Uh, let me give you a, just an illustration. Have you ever woken up in the morning, and I don't know why this happens, probably just because we live in a body, uh, but you're like, the thought is, man, this is, I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. This is a terrible day. Now, a lot of times you might say that. This is a terrible day. Or, man, this is going to be a bad day. Or maybe some little thing happens. You know, you spill your coffee on yourself if you drink coffee. And um, you're like, oh, man, this day is going to turn out horrible. And what normally happens to those days? You have what you say. It's actually um, um, amazing. And if you don't allow yourself to be changed by the word of God, uh, that's kind of a scary statement that Jesus made because then you're stuck in what you feel and what you see and what other people say. But if you are transformed, your mind is transformed, your life, excuse me, is transformed by the renewing of your mind, then that statement that Jesus made is complete freedom. You shall have whatever you say. And so, you know, um, just real quickly, a couple of examples would be uh, David and Goliath. What did David do? Well, he did this. He said, I'm going to feed your carcass this day to the birds of the air. I'm going to cut off your head. And then what did he do? He did it. Jesus, actually, when I was studying this this week, I thought, man, this is really good. This is good. Um, in Luke chapter 4, remember when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. They, you know, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day for to read and stood up and they was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he opened, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to preach deliverance, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the liberty of them that are rude, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Remember that? What did he do? I was picturing this this week. I'm like, this is amazing. He, gets, he goes there, and that day they would kind of teach sitting down, so, uh, but they would read the word of God standing up. So he came in. They delivered him the book. He gets up. He reads the book, finds the place, and then reads that. You know, the Lord has, Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. He sits down, and what does he say? You shall have whatever you say. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. Think about that for a second. So he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men, and he, he studied the scriptures. He had to grow in that and understand that, the Bible tells us. And so he understood that. And then, you know, of course, he was baptized and the Spirit came on him. And so now this is when his earthly ministry begins. All of a sudden, he goes into the synagogue they give him Isaiah, and he looks. He finds this place, and he speaks the word of faith. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel, deliverance to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And I'm missing something there, but I don't want to, for time, go look at it. And then he says, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. Well, that has like many, many meanings, but two which I will point out. One is, Jesus is saying, I am the Messiah. I am here. This has come. You have read about this. But then the other meaning is, he said, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And Jesus said, be careful what you hear and be careful how you hear. And faith comes by hearing. 
So in other words, I am made this to you by your hearing and receiving it. Do you understand? This day is this scripture fulfilled. That's not what he said. In your hearing. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God says. And all of a sudden, if you hear what the Spirit of God says, there is faith right there, and you can act on that. But you have to act beyond the sense realm, beyond what you, what you normally know. I, I told that story of the lady in the wheelchair. I think it's so, uh, such a good illustration. And she, um, you know, she's stuck in that wheelchair for four years, and all of a sudden she got a, a rhema. You know, she could see. She's like, whoa. So she had faith right there to, to be healed, but she had not gotten up out of that wheelchair yet. And so um, he was ministering to her, and he said, uh, will you do something? And she said, well, if it's easy. He said, it's so easy. Just start thanking God that you are healed. She had not walked a step. She had not moved a muscle. So she said, oh, Lord, I just want to thank you that I'm healed. You know how tired I got of sitting in this wheelchair for four years. I couldn't get up. I couldn't help myself. I thank you that I'm healed, that I can do stuff for myself now. And then he said, now get up out of that wheelchair and walk. And she got up and walked. He said, why did I say that to her? Because most people lose their healing right there because what they'll do is they'll see it. They get light from God. God made something real to them from his word and they saw it and then they start to reason, right? Faith is in the realm of God and God is a spirit. And so we connect with God in that realm. And all of a sudden, what he knew what she would do is the devil would bring a thought or she would just start remembering and thinking, well, then why am I stuck in this chair if this is true? This can't be true. This must be true. What did she just do? She fought the battle in the realm of reason, and you'll lose there every time. If your mind's renewed, you have, you have a greater advantage there. But you have to fight in the spirit realm. And as soon as you receive it there, man, it doesn't matter. Like A.B. Simpson said, I don't know. I didn't care how my body felt. I just knew it was done. Because Why? That's the realm of reality, and that's the realm which everything else in this realm springs from. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principality, power, the rulers of the darkness of this world, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. And so um, faith is that solid belief, and in order to have that solid belief, you have to release your own stuff and grab hold of his stuff. And when you do that, then you're like, I'm holding on to him. And all these thoughts will come. Uh, symptoms can come, all this other type of stuff. Like symptoms came on me this last week. And I was, I'm like, no, I'm holding on to this. But what I do, I had a choice. As a decision that I made or an act of my will, I said, no, I'm not going that route. I'm going this route. Because the Bible is true. And what Jesus said is true. It's not a lie. And, and it comes to pass. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Sometimes we want to think that we can do this type of stuff on our own, that we can uh, believe on our own, but we really have to grab hold of the belief of God, the faith of God, what God has. Um, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. You need a purpose. You have to have a purpose in life. 
without Jesus Christ, there is no purpose to life and there is no meaning to life. But with Jesus Christ, your life becomes full and abundant and, um, and expanded. Without Jesus, your purpose is not clear. Life makes no sense. But with him, uh, all things become clear. And you understand why you're here and what you're here for. And you're not undone and you don't uh, end up finding yourself saying, I thought life would be different. I thought life would be more fulfilling. I thought life would be better than this. I find myself at this age and this time and this place and I don't even understand why things are the way they are. I'm so disappointed in life. But with Jesus Christ, there is hope and there is life and there is freedom. And that hope and that life and that freedom come only by him and only through him. And it is only produced from him. That you can have clarity of purpose. That you can have clarity of vision. That you can know why you're here. Know what you're doing. And that you can have fullness of life and be fulfilled every single day. Because it's not about you. You've given up your way and you've grabbed hold of him. And so if that's you here this morning or if that's you listening... I would love to pray with you and pray for you, either to get back to the Lord or to come to the Lord for the very first time, to make Jesus your Lord and your master, to say, I'm not living for myself any longer. I'm giving that up, but I'm living for Jesus Christ every single day and every single moment, and I'm going to have his life and let him change my life. If that's you, just slip up your hand, or if you're listening online, email us. The email is info at anchordc.org. We want to get some good materials into your hand, pray with you, help you find a good church where you can thrive and fulfill your God-given purpose. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive and powerful, that you sent your word and you healed us and you delivered us and you gave us freedom and you gave us hope and you gave us understanding and you brought us near to you and close to you. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus and for his sacrifice, for his life that was poured out for us so that we could be part of your family. Father, I thank you for opening up your word to us. Father, I pray that each and every one of us will open our hearts to you, turn our hearts towards you to hear what you have to say to listen to your spirit, and to walk in your fullness of life. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for coming. And uh, if you need prayer for anything, uh, just come forward. We'd love to pray with you and for you. And um, we just say that you'll have a, a good, safe trip, all of you that are traveling. No accidents and no evil. Uh, but you'll be uh, walking in the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, have a great week.